Generally Speaking About the Church, episode number 44. Hey, DG, you know what I got? What? I got me some sunshine. I think you found some cheese with that sunshine. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Dangerous world, and it's so hard to find the time to feel the earth beneath my feet, and feed my soul, and drink the wine. So much more for me to be far beyond what I can see. I choose to let the sun shine in, and this is how my day begins. This song is actually getting kind of old on me, but uh, but you like it? I do like it, man. The words are great. Just let it, let it flow. It's all about the message. There you go. Forget the musicians that made it possible. It's all the message. Blessed future waits for you. We can make our history a better world for you and me. You're beautiful and that's a fact. The wind is always at your back. And if you lift your voice to sing, you will receive <laughs> what what did she say? She did, said, do we tell Cliff that this artist was a contestant on American America's Next Top Model? Oh, is that right? I don't know. This is Sarah Vondahar. It's true, she says. No, I, I believe it. Yeah, Sarah Vondahar is her name. Esverdan. She is. She's got an amazing voice, and I really like her music. Well, apparently, it's she's not, got an amazing body too, or else she wouldn't be on the Next Top Model. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. She is not a Christian artist, though. This is not a Christian-based song, but it definitely has a great message. Christianity's all about freedom. That's what Jesus is all about. He came and he just talked a lot about non. There's some really good bread in Indian restaurants. Is it really? Welcome to Generally Speaking About the Food. I'll bring you back the food. You know, we got good friends, too. That's that's the other thing. See, that's a song is so fitting. All right, so this is really bad. This We should probably start this episode over and not do the cheesy intro music. <laughs> no, we, we, we said we're going to go for annoying today. Yes, we are annoying. Welcome to Generally Speaking About the Church. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is De. De? Je. It's DG. DG in Spanish there. De. Je. Dia the Agia in um Man, I don't know, now it's like I got Swedish this loogie like in my throat just trying to do that. <laughs> Ew, that's disgusting. Let's talk about loogies in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there, I remember there was a, there is a uh, music director at a church where I grew up, and every time he would stand up and you know in the lectern because it wasn't the pulpit, it was the lectern because he was the music director. He wasn't allowed to be in the pulpit or whatever. Yeah. And he would always get up there and go. <laughs> I mean, just the grossest sounds in the entire world. And you'd be like, please turn to page 53 in your hymnal. And I'm just like, Ugh. Nate said, what about Jesus and the blind guy when he spits into his hands? Oh, yeah, yeah, spits into his hands. Oh, man. Okay, this is really going down the wrong road. <laughs> here, here, people have been listening to the About the Church, and it's like, man, I love the way that you guys it's take so this great. really great, compassionate view on Christianity. And, and then we start off with something like... <laughs> I you mean, get it too. Did you get it out that time? I think <laughs> I got it that time. I can make lots of noises. Like I make a really great vomit noise. Right. 
No one can beat that one. Yeah, let's not. So anyway, welcome, <laughs> welcome back again. So here's the situation. We you're, have had, you're the one who asked me to be on this. <laughs> no, I'm totally. You cool knew what with you're this. getting yourself into. I'm I did. Joking. I did. No, it's 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 all good, man. So here's here's the thing, folks. We have had a couple weeks of very deep conversation. Yes. And and we really kind of want to lighten it up just a little bit. I mean, we are not afraid to talk about anything here because you know what anything that's being talked about in culture i think is relevant for the church sure and so i think it's, it's something that we should be addressing so we we are very happy to have had the opportunity opportunity the opportunity the opportunity to speak about the topics of judging others homosexuality um, speaking in tongues versus you know all these other different things that are going out there that are really on the minds of people. And, and so we want to continue to discuss those things, and we will. But today, we're taking it easy. We're, we're kicking back. We want to show people, you know, that we can actually, as Christians, just enjoy life as well. And it doesn't always have to be about deep conversations of deep faith. While, you know, the topic of about the church is real talk about real faith, let's talk about the fact that real faith can in, sometimes include fun Oh, definitely. Fun stuff. You know, I, I imagine, and of course, I don't know this to be true, but I imagine that Jesus and the disciples probably sat around a campfire to just, I don't know. I is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it like, will I die and be struck by lightning if I say that maybe they had a belching or a farting contest around the fire one night? <laughs> While they're eating pizza? <laughs> While they're eating pizza. Coke? Yes, Diet Coke, for sure. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I, well, I, anytime you're going to have lots of wine to drink, I guarantee you something stupid but funny will happen and occur. So, well, the thing is, is, is I believe that that Jesus probably had a good time hanging out with his friends. Of course, he was a partier. You know, was he partier? There's no doubt in my mind. The now, first miracle the he gives in John is throwing out more wine for the wedding party. Yeah, this is true. But but when you say partier, I don't want to I don't want to mistake it. I, I don't want to go so far as to. Uh, give people the impression that that he, that he was a frat boy. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, he's throwing out more wine at a wedding party. <laughs> well, at a wedding party, it was a. Th- I mean, it was in anyway. What I when I okay. Here's the thing. There there is wine at the wedding party, and then there's the three story bu- beer bong. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah, sure. I, I, when when I when I hear Jesus as a partier, I'm imagining Jesus dumping, you know, the the 40 ounce down the beer bong. And that's just not the that's not the impression I want people to listen to in this podcast cuz I don't think he was that. Yeah, definitely not. I think he hung out with those people. Yeah, and there's probably a lot of frats that want him to be like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he hung out with people like that, but I don't well, think sure. that he was like that. But however, at the same time, I think I don't think he was a prude. A prude? I have no idea. You what don't the think word. he was Sister I've Bertha never, better than you? Yes. Holier than thou? Yes, holier than thou. Okay. So, um, anyway, yeah, Nate Nate saying he's throwing out words I don't even know. <laughs> Beer bong, forty ouncer. <laughs> oh come on, Nate. So it's like I mean I, I have an idea what a beer bong is, but to tell you the truth, I've, I've that, never been to a party that one. You've never been. That's no, good. seriously, I'm like seriously, I'm not even good. sure. That's really good. We, you were never in a fraternity then, were you? No, I actually. You know, it's funny the the undergrad where I went to. Uh-huh. If you were a part of a frat or a sorority, you were an outcast. Like, really, the the school would throw paper at you and stuff. Like I did more ministry to the frats. 
than I did to anybody else because I'm like, seriously, like I remember one of my uh, speech classes and there was a frat guy there and he was basically in his speech saying, why do people hate us? I don't understand why people can't stand us. Oh my gosh. So it was a great was, place to go to college. Loved it. I was, I was, I was a teak, a tall Kappa Epsilon. Wow. Which was the fraternity You're of... You're a tiki torch. I was. <laughs> and uh, Ronald Reagan was a teak. Oh. Yeah, so... Isn't that funny? They're like, we're going to justify ourselves by finding someone who made it famous. Yes. That's ex- <laughs> well, they all do that. Really, do they? Yeah, all of them do. They they well, have... That's... Yeah, their alumni associations talk about all the famous alumni wow, that came hilarious. out of the fraternity. It cracks me up. Yeah, but it it was basically just a... It, it, it was a party... It, actually, on our campus, the teaks were the party partying fraternity and so when you say jesus was a partier that's (laughs) That's i'm thinking you know jesus walking around with talk epsilon on his you know big tke on his shirt and uh hanging out on uh you know greek social nights yeah not good wow so so no jesus wasn't no partier (laughs) but he was not he was I, i just don't think he was a stranger to fun yeah no not definitely and and I don't think, of course, you have to be a partier to have fun. But I, I but and and I, when I say he he went to a part, you know, he went and had fun. I'm not saying that you know he hung out with them and said, "Hey guys, put that beer bong away and let's play some parcheesi and have some really great time." I, I think he probably just had some good times with people. <laughs> I don't know what well, I'm talking definitely. about. Definitely, I think so too. So, uh, what what are some things that you think that are, you know, oh, you know what? It looks like we just killed our connection oh, to the live. net yeah our live feed just went dead we'll pause for one moment and see if we can get that back it says oops there's the slideshow i don't know what happened there can they even still hear us uh no they cannot oh my mac died Oh my gosh. I'm keeping people busy here. It's like elevator. <laughs> That'll be our outro. So Cliff kicked the plug.
It's the gas stations around here that have the ice cream in them. United Dairy Farmers. How much RAM is in the MacBook? Let me see. <clears throat> Almost there. We're going to talk about removing your masks. Oh, on Halloween. Oh, okay. Take that, Mike. Alrighty, and so we're back. I think we're online now. Yes, we are. Yes, we're we're good to go. So that was crazy. Uh, basically, I don't know what happened there. My MacBook has really never given me that kind of issue before. What I, I said on there is it probably went too long without a restart. Yeah. Oh gosh. Or a power down or something. Yeah, like I haven't. That. I haven't powered that thing down in months. It's probably. Yeah, it's probably. Well, actually, that's not true. I just. Re- I just uploaded a programmer, installed a program, and did a reboot. So, oh. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, we're we're back, and uh, technical difficulties <laughs> are abounding here at GSPN.TV this week. Not fun at all. So anyway, um, how are we going to turn this podcast around? Because I feel like I've just like driven this thing in the wrong direction today. Really? Yeah, I don't know. It's, well, let me have the wheel then. Just you, dude, take the wheel here. No, no, literally, I just want the wheel. I don't want to drive. I just want the wheel, like, take it off like a cartoon or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. How, I know. I like Nate. Nate says, maybe it's a topic. Oh, wait, what topic? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's That could be it. That could be. Let's go to some feedback. That would be great. That would get us back on, back on track. Something. Hey, guys, it's Jeff Roney again, and... Uh, so this time I'm not going to go controversial. So how's that? I have a question for you. And the question is, which is your favorite Old Testament Bible story? That's it. Mine is Hosea, period. Uh, it's a great, fantastic story. And it's a very controversial story. God would lead a prophet to marry a, a loose woman, prostitute there's a lot of different 
ways that people look at the woman in the story. But just the links that Hosea as a a representation of God would, you know, not only follow and reclaim his wife who had other lovers, which is just like us or in, in that day was like Israel. And uh, it's just a fantastic story. You know, if you if you just read that story and 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 see how Hosea would not only settle the debt that the woman got with you know being like a sexual slave to this you know uh, this rich guy, I guess, not only pay that debt off but go and get her. Uh, it's just fantastic. You know, there, there's just that one passage in the story where uh, he says Hosea called to her uh, in the desert, you know, just, just calling. Oh my gosh. It's just, wow. Uh, that is my favorite story, uh, in the old Testament. I, I, I got a lot of them, but anyway, that's mine. So thanks for listening to me, uh, ramble. Anyway, what is your favorite old Testament story? Thanks guys. Keep rocking. See you. Bye. All right, Jeff. Thank you so much. Um, awesome. the story of Hosea, definitely one that is very interesting. One that I, believe it or not, did not read until probably about two or three years ago uh, for the very first time. Really? And yeah, the, the, the story that, that I think it's a, you know, I think it's a neat question to ask because I wonder how many Christians today have gotten in and, and read the Old Testament stories of, of sure. some of the... Something other than the typical Jonah's, Moses... I'm talking about in today's culture for um, uh, people of our generation, a lot of them not growing up in the church at all, never been to vacation Bible school and Sunday school classes. They did not mm-hmm. have the wonderful, awesome uh, multimedia um, uh, equipment known as the flannel graph and, <laughs> and all that other stuff in Sunday school. So so I'm wondering how often, you know, today are our, our friends who are are now Christians how how familiar are they? Do you think with Old Testament stories? I I don't know. I mean, I, I really think it all depends on where you're going to church and who makes that an emphasis within, you know, within who they see themselves as. You know, are they a storytelling kind of church, and do they do they make that an emphasis, whatever else? But I I, I mean, in overall, in general, yeah. But I think it's probably true of Old and New Testament stories. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. But uh, yeah, even more obscure would be Old Testament stories. I think in a most if you're talking about the Christian, you know, yeah, area, I'll tell you, um, Hosea is a story in the Old Testament that I would not, I really wouldn't want to read without some good commentary, you know, or or something like that, or like DG says in community with That's others, right, baby. right? You know, with a bunch of other folk. So, um, <laughs> so, so the thing is, is it, now as far as the Old Testament stories, there are the the standard stories. What what would you say are some of the most popular stories that most people might be familiar with in the Old Testament? Uh, creation story. The creation story, absolutely. Um, it depends on which you're which one you're talking about. If you're talking about Genesis one or Genesis two, well, we will get into that a later date. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely a later date. Uh, but um. I don't know. I think Genesis. You got uh, well, Abraham, not, you can't say, maybe. Say, okay, so Abraham. Uh, but I mean, I mean, creation, and then Abraham, maybe. But big ones are Moses, of course. With Moses with, is big. Know, with Prince of Egypt. Yeah, Prince. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Prince of Egypt. Anything um, with the movie. Yeah, for kids. Uh, yeah, that one's that one's <laughs> yeah, exactly. good to go. I remember the 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 book of Ben Hur. 
and the, the Old Testament. Book of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, you know you you got to put in there Jonah and the whale. You got Jonah's big Veggie Tales. A lot know. of uh, you know, and if, every now and then you'll get some people that actually know know about Job, um, but it's only the people. Jo- Josh and the Big Wall. You yeah, know, have yeah, you have yeah. you seen Veggie Tales? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's good stuff. Well, it was great stuff until the guy who created it couldn't quite. I don't. Something happened, and he's no longer even owning it. Oh, really? Yeah, like yeah. some big com- conglomerate came and had to buy it from him because he got into a whole bunch of debt or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but but like the the whole the the really hardcore Christian guys who were really started it all are no longer even a part of it anymore. Gotcha. Now it's just this big company that's doing right. it all. It's really kind of sad and frustrating, but it yeah. Will. But the, the original <laughs> stuff was really good. Um, so one, uh, oh, they're talking about Noah, obviously. Uh, Definitely they, Noah. You know, the flood. So, so here, here's which one's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Oh man, out of the Old Testament. Oh my gosh, I know. Um, I gave you no preparation for this question. It's like it's like. <laughs> so, so I really want to like, know which what, one stands out the most to you. Yeah, that's kind of like saying, uh, "How much do you love your wife?" <laughs> you know, like, what are you talking about? Um, oh my no, gosh! Just, it, what, what's one thing that you love about the Old Testament? I mean, what's what one story just stands out? You you can share two if you like. I have I have one or two that I like oh, a lot. Man. Um, oh gosh, there's just thousands of Al- billions. Allison says she likes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's cool. I like that too. Yes. That's good. Are are also known as Rack, Shack, and Benny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually heard a sermon one time where someone told the story of that from the scepter, from yeah. the king's scepter's point of view, which is... You know, I, I wonder if it wouldn't be cool to sit down and, and generally speaking about the church, and maybe one week cover a story of the Old Testament, kind of, kind of just sure, like, okay. just generally speak about some of these things, because I, I do, I, I just have this, I really do believe that there is a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who just aren't familiar with those stories. Yeah, definitely. And, and they would definitely, I, I think it would be beneficial. And, and not that we would do an exp- expository, uh, you know, description of everything in that, in the story, but just to generally give the gist of the story. Right. No, I think that's great. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I got at least three, five, 12, 15. <laughs> start, um, start with one of them. <laughs> well, I, I love, uh, I love Elijah with the prophets of Baal. Okay. And um, and he's just and it's because it's one of my favorite lines in the entire Bible. He's like, well, "Where's your God? Is he in the bathroom? Is he on vacation? What's up with that? Where's he at? Come on, light to fire already, you know, kind of a thing." I love the fact that he's like completely dogging on these <laughs> prophets of Baal, and then he dumps a whole bunch of water all over his altar, and then it still lights up and goes into an awesome consuming fire. So, see now, there's a story that I don't, I do not recall reading. Oh my gosh! See, oh. that's that's what I'm saying. And he, and, First Kings 18, man, it's good stuff. See, I, now I know I've read First Kings, but you know, it it was back in the day when I read the Bible just to be reading the Bible. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and 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 I really believe that you miss so much when you do that. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm not a huge. Are you a huge fan of the read the Bible in a year plan and um, stuff like that? You know, I've attempted it several times, but yeah. never. Finished. <laughs> Maybe I just suck. I don't have that much discipline in my life. I don't Professor know. Allen says that's an unforgettable story. It is an unforgettable story. However, the fact is, is probably when I read it, I was probably halfway asleep, and it's like, okay, right. second chapter. It wasn't Kings, that meaning to you eight. when you first read it, anyway. So if it's not going to be that meaningful to you, then yeah, it's right. very easily forgettable when you're t- when it wasn't right. that meaningful. But no, that sounds awesome. So where is that at? Second Kings chapter eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. All right. Uh, here I'll get it on Bible Gateway. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
18, I think it's like, it's um, Elijah on Mount Carmel, maybe. Okay. Uh, so that would be what, 16 through, yeah, 16 through 46. Sounds pretty awesome. I, anyway, I definitely want to go in and read funny. about that. It's, just, it's like one of the funny ones that I love, you know. Right. It's awesome. Well, you say you got more than one. So um, before you go on to your next one, I okay. want to share one of we'll mine. Just, we'll just go back and forth. That's cool. Okay. I, my favorite all-time character from the Old Testament is Joseph, without okay. any shadow of a doubt. He's good. He's good stuff. I mean, and of course, Joseph, his life can be found in the book of Genesis, right around the end of the book of Genesis. And um, I remember when I first started preaching, the very first, or no, the very second sermon that I ever preached. <laughs> okay, the, the sermon was the life of Joseph. <laughs> Note wow. to self. Do not cover an entire four or five chapters of the Bible in one sermon in the future. The air, awesome. the air condi- I'd like to welcome you for this entire afternoon. <laughs> welcome to the series. We no. don't have any food here, and it's going to be really hot. Have a good day. The air, condi- the air conditioning was out that night, <laughs> oh, gosh. And, and it was wow. hot, and I probably stood up there for about 55 minutes. And finally, just kind of just had to rush my way through the end oh, of it. Oh, man. But I had highlighted all these different verses. But it was awesome. But the cool thing about that is you were so passionate about I it was. to be able to get that done. It, 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 I was so passionate about that story yeah. because it it really, it, at the time, it was just really speaking to my heart in a, at a very deep level. Sure. And, and this understanding of, of a guy who has everything go wrong. I mean, anything that could go wrong in this guy's life goes wrong. And at every turn, God takes that situation and turns it into something good and he, and over it, and, it, and over exactly. again. And it seems like he just rolls with it. He does. He's like, eh, yeah, whatever, I'm in jail, eh, whatever. <laughs> You're just like, everyone else would be like, what? <laughs> and so for those who, who are unfamiliar with this, I really encourage you to go back and, and, and read the life of Joseph. You'll learn about how he got a special coat that made his uh, brothers and all jealous and of course he had dreams that one day as a as a child he had dreams that one day his his brothers would, and his mom and dad would bow down to him uh and he shared, and he <laughs> stupidly shares the stories with them yeah and of course uh then his brothers get all upset with him they leave him for dead and then they turn around and says you know what it, let's instead of killing him why don't we sell him to these slave traders and so they sell. So at him. least they can get something out of it, you know. So at least they can get something out of it, uh, and and uh, that way, so they sell him into slavery. Then he becomes imprisoned uh, for doing things that he didn't do. It's just really crazy. And and what's what's really awesome about the entire story is that God gave him a vision when he was young that one day his family would bow down to him and not bow down to him in a way that I'm better than you. But they would say, wow, I'm so thankful for you and where you are in life. And and if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah, yeah. And, and what happened was every single thing in that story had to happen the way it happened for him to become the right-hand man of the Pharaoh himself. And not only did he save his own family, but he saved the lineage of Christ and he saved the Egyptians and and it's just an awesome story and i really 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 love it and 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 the man's character is a mo- the one here's the thing i don't understand 
and and I, maybe you'll bring up King David. I don't know, but he, the the one thing I I can't stand is I always read King David was a man after God's own heart. Right, right. right. Okay, King David Ruddy. was a liar, a cheat, an adulterer. Uh, you know, we were talking about all these things that you know that he was. He kind of uh, pretty much. You know, these are the people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, we were talking about in the last couple yeah, episodes. Yeah. King David was one of those guys. And it says he was a man after God's own heart. And here you have Joseph, who is, I mean, this guy of awesome character. And then, of course, in the New Testament, you hear, oh, it's all about if you only had the faith of Abraham, you know. <laughs> it's like Abraham lied and and told some guy to sleep with his wife who, and says, don't worry, she's just my sister. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, there's some really weird stuff. And Joseph yeah. just does not get the the adoration that I think he needs yep. and deserves. I agree. So anyway, <laughs> craziness. <laughs> Dang it. <sighs> not that I'm passionate about anything, though. All about right. me. You're yeah. passionate about me. I am. DG. Um okay. I I really love um raising up all the dry bones in the valley in this in this the breath understanding and and it and it's just kind of a kind of a re understanding of, of resurrection. But just I love that story and I can't out for Which story me, is it? I can't fly for me, remember. Is it the ones where where the bones? Yeah, like it, the sinews became connected and then the bones connected and like this entire group of people in the valley were risen. It was a, one of the visions that God gave one of the prophets. God, hmm. You guys can help me out with it in the chat room, I'm sure. Right. Maybe. So Professor Allen wrote in the chat room something about faith or works, Cliff. And so, um, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what he's asking there. But anyway, David knew how to repent. Absolutely. I, I'm not questioning that God, that David was a man after God's own heart, because obviously that's what the Bible says. <laughs> you know, and, 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 you know, the fact is, is that, um, you know, Joseph, obviously, as as not being Christ, he was not without sin. So, you know, we obviously don't know everything there is to know about Joseph. We only know the things that are recorded. Found it. Okay. It's Ezekiel 37. Valley the Valley of, of Dry Bones. Okay. So, so tell us tell ooh, us a little thunder. bit. Yes, Le Thunder. <laughs> God likes the Valley of the Dry Bones too. <laughs> yes, he does. All right. So what, what's it say there? I, it's just, you know, it's just talking about uh, the Lord, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out of the spirit. He brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of dry bones. He led me back and forth among them. I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Um, and then he basically just says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will be- and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I'm the Lord. I mean, it's just cool stuff going on there. Especially after I just got through watching the Mummy, the new movie. <laughs> but I mean, it's just it's really cool stuff. I love that idea. I love that understanding. It's just like it's kind of like a, an Old Testament, uh, an Old Testament understanding of resurrection, almost a little bit. Well, you know, and, what? and I love the whole breath of giving life through the breath of God, which is going back to Genesis and and um, just breathing upon, and then you go to Christ and he breathed, he breathed life and into his disciples and the Holy spirit came into them. I mean, just love that understanding of breath and spirit. I mean, it's all the same thing. Wind, spirit, breath. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful stuff. I love it. I do recall that story. And, and can I tell you what comes to my mind when I hear that story is when you think about it, if I were this, this prophet and I was looking at a valley of dry bones, 
Okay. What, I mean, what more of an illustration could you possibly give of something that is lifeless and has no hope for life? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like, this is dead as dead gets. Right. And, and, and there's and it, and it nothing that can bring life to this. Right. And it, and, and, it, and, it, and it once had life or else there wouldn't have been a bone there. Right. So I like, I love that too. Like, you know, it, it, it had lost all of its life. Exactly. And I love that imagery. And, and so when I think about this, I think about maybe some of my friends who, you know, maybe, maybe in my mind, I think to myself, you know, is there any chance that this person will ever really come to an understanding and, and to a relationship with God? Is it even possible? I mean, with all the things, I mean, obviously they are so stone cold to to the message that Jesus is the one and only true God. Right. And is it is it even, and it's like they're like dry bones. And and I'm not I I don't not passing judgment on something. I'm just saying oh, no. from my own perspective, this is what I wonder sometimes. And and it's and it's kind of like, you know, hey, this story is a way of saying Cliff, nothing is beyond me. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and 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 nothing is impossible. Life can come to these people. Right. And and so when you think about praying for your enemies and and you know and, and of course I remember um I remember just what was just a couple years ago if it, it I think it's been now since Saddam Hussein was was hanged. I don't know if that was last year or if it was a couple years now. But I remember I remember you know the whole search for him and and then they caught him and then the trial and all these other things and everybody's like and and this whole thought of praying for you is there any chance you know and and those are the kind of things that that come to mind when I think about about bringing life and flesh and blood and 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 just this this flowing life from these dead right. bones and it it just communicates to me in a way through this vision that that is shared there that that life can come to something that seemingly seems completely void of life and therefore you know may possibly never have life yeah yeah exactly so cool anyway that's what i think of awesome do you have another favorite uh another favorite um another story that that was among my favorites in the old testament is the book of esther Okay. Yes, and so uh, the book of Esther obviously uh, is really cool. I think it's the one book of the Bible, if I'm not mistaken, that does not mention God, mm. or or only once. If I'm, I I can't remember the trivial trivia fact that goes along with that, but it, right. it I think if I'm not mistaken, um, if if I'm not mistaken, there was something unique about that book that did not mention uh, something or only did it once. Uh, but anyway. Uh, the story of Esther is that uh, there was King Xerxes, I guess, and he, um, there was Mordecai, and there was this uh, plan of Mordecai who who hated the fact that the that Persia had these Jews in it, and he wanted to eradicate and kill these people, and and had a plan. And if it wasn't for Esther being obedient to God and the calling that she and her purpose in life um, to be put into a position where she would be married to King Xerxes and that she would be able to work it to save um, the livelihood of her entire race of people in, in the land. And uh, it was a very awesome story. Yeah, and that is that is the one that uh, God has never mentioned. Okay, I just wanted to make like sure. Yahweh or, or God or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, it's, it's the one book of the Bible where God's not mentioned. and right. but, but, I mean, it's very clearly a story about how God has has a purpose for us. And, and uh, one of my favorites... Favorite verses from that Bible or favorite sayings in that Bible is, is uh, you know, for we know that it, you were born for such a time as this. Yeah. 
You know, it's like this, this is, this is what you were meant to do. This is, this is your place in life. This is what God wants for you. Yeah. And I, I really love that. And, 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 and if anything, I, I think that sometimes it, it's a reminder to us all that there is a, such a time as this for all of us. And I think we all have a purpose. And, and if I think about the two stories that I just, that I just shared, um, I think about Esther who, if it weren't for her being in the right place or the right time, devastating things would have happened if she were not obedient to God and, and the calling and purpose of her life. And then the same with Joseph. Sure. And, and, and I'm, you know, we may not see it now and I don't think they saw it then, you know, in their day to day life. But I really believe that we as Christians are, are really falling short. If we don't figure out what our purpose is in life, if we're not seeking that calling in our life, because I, I really believe God really wants to do amazing things and have amazing outcomes come from our lives and the things that we do in our day-to-day decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and we may we may suffer with um, websites that all of a sudden the MySQL databases <laughs> fail and and uh, MacBooks you know lock up and and stuff like that. Just like Joseph being thrown into a, a, a pit to die and and being sold into slavery, he had hard times. So do I. <laughs> I can deal with it. I can so relate to Joseph. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, no, no. no but you know what I'm saying? Is, yeah. is we think that these are just day-to-day things. It's like, this is just horrible. But really, it, it, it everything that Joseph faced, it developed character in him. Right. Yeah. And and it, it took him a next step closer to where when he was approached with the next big thing that came up in his life, he was able to handle that. I just love these stories. That's so, it's cool. You know, it, it seemed like, you know, pretty... Sh- you know, surface level conversation or question, but I think it's a good question. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. I, you know, and I, when I think back of like, I really want someone to make a movie now. Um, and I want it to be the old Testament, but I want it to be, uh, first and second Kings. I, I mean, I want like a trilogy movie and because it is, it would make the best hands down rated R movie you'll ever see in your entire life. There's adultery, there's tons of sex, there's tons of blood, there's tons of warfare. I mean, and it TG has, wants it in full Blu-ray glory, my that's friends. That's right, that's right. <laughs> well, my quality. But I'd, it, I, I think that would make a phenomenal movie. And I want to, you know, I want it, I want it to happen, one, just because, <laughs> one, just because I like to throw things in Christian's faces. <laughs> And say it's rated R, and it's in the Old Testament. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do with that one? You know, um, but <laughs> like Scooby Doo Doo. <laughs> what are you gonna do, Hello, Raggy? Scooby Snack. Well, someone said I was reading this. They said every time the van door opens, like lots of smoke yeah. bellows out, and I never noticed that because as a kid. But it never. It would not surprise me at all if, if Shaggy and Scooby were enjoying themselves. <laughs> Sorry, okay, it's a side topic. But yeah, that is. I, I do think that uh, First and Second Kings would be awesome. I think that'd be. Well, I think that'd be so much let me, fun. Can I just share their move? Christian movies. It, it's sometimes they're just so poorly done. It, it. I mean, now Mel Gibson. I think he did a great job with The Passion of the Christ. I, I really thought that that was that was a well produced movie as but but how often do we ever get to see a movie that is produced well and has the right funding for it to really pull it off? You know right. what I'm saying? Sure. Um, I will tell you. Have you heard of the Turner Turner Classic movies for the Old Testament Bible stories? 
Uh, I, I have one. It's the it, it is it's 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 actually called Joseph, and it was uh it's Turner Classic Movers or Turner. Oh gosh, I can't think of it called now. But anyway, it it is awesome. They have one for Moses. They have one for Abraham. And they were made for the you know TNT movie series or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. But they are really good, very well done. Ben Kingsley, are you familiar with him mm-hmm. at all? Oh, yeah, sure. He played um, he played Potiphar in uh, the the story of Joseph, and he played Moses in mm. in the one about Moses. Cool. Well, he was he was the uh, he was the Egyptian king, in uh, in uh, oh, what's the movie that the cartoon movie Prince of Egypt? Yes, yes. He played the. He played the- so, so basically, I also love like Psalm 19, not for the story that's in it, but it, it's a reminder about how important it is to be able to really find somebody who can read the Hebrew and the Greek. Uh, because Psalm 19, the cool, it's an, it's an acrostic, is that how you call it? Acrostic? acrostic. Okay. So every letter, every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, that's what starts each one of the different phrases. Oh, really? Yeah. And you know, it's amazingly, awesomely beautiful and poetic and things like that. And they even did it with an, as an acrostic uh, with the Hebrew alphabet. But nobody will ever get that if all they do is read the English translation of it. Right. No one will ever get that. So I, I, I like that for its, you know, for the for the premise of the importance of being able to go back to the original text and and wrestling with that with somebody who can read it or you know or something else like that. At least doing a little bit of digging in the original Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. Sorry, I just I want to throw. That I like that part. So yeah, very cool stuff. Um, yeah, Judges would be a good movie too. Completely agree. Have you ever seen uh, any of the Frank Peretti movie? Uh, the Frank Peretti movie uh, about the spiders. No. Have you seen that? Oh, what's that movie? Is it called, called? Something Wicked This Way Comes? Because that's a pretty scary no. spider scene. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, it's a, it's a, actually, it's a, it's a almost cheesy movie. Uh, I, Frank Peretti's books are really good. I really like his books, but uh, uh, Frank Peretti, and I'm doing a search for spider, and I bet you it pulls right up on Google here. You got a spider on your head. Hangman's Curse. It's a movie called Hangman's Curse. Very good movie for the message. Oh, yeah. Is and, it like the Omega Code stuff? No, 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 not at all. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm no. Just, it's like the that, worst ever I've ever seen in my entire life. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the Omega yeah. Code, some some of those Christian movies that were made, it's just really, really out there. Of course, oh. I I wasn't a fan of the Omega Code anyway, or the Bible Code. Um, well, Bible, I, yeah, Bible Code and Omega Code. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. But anyway, any any of that kind of stuff. But um, <laughs> here here's the thing. I... The Hangman's Curse movie is a very good movie as far as watching it once. It's not one you'd want to watch over and over again. Right, right, right. But it's it it's 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 not overtly Christian, but it's obviously got a Christian theme and message to it, and it's done with a decent amount of of uh, of acting and mu- mm. the music in it is great. Uh, but I really encourage folks to go to your video store or to pull it off of Netflix, and it's. Uh, it is uh, basically called Hangman's Curse, and uh, it, it's just really cool. It's a, it's about uh, high school, and it's about how kids are you know picking on each other. It's it's about the whole goth kind of thing, and it, it, it's really cool. Hmm. All right. It, it, and, and matter of fact, it it shows you know it shows us how we feel about or how some people feel automatically about people who dress in black and they make assumptions and stuff like that. Oh and, yeah, yeah. 
and it, it turns out with it turns out and ends really well. There there is a the storyline it starts off a little bit slow and it seems a little yeah cheesy, but but <laughs> but trust me, overall it's a decent movie. Okay. And, and 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 I don't know if young kids should watch it because they might not sleep for a couple nights. But okay, uh, right, yeah, yeah. It, it it does definitely have some uh, it has some neat uh, spider uh, thriller scenes. Okay. So right. anyway, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's how about we move on to another uh, voicemail that feedback? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, let's do that. Hi, Cliff and DG. This is Pastor James calling from Hickson. I was so amazed you guys played both of my messages. Uh, couple of shows back, I was just, oh my god, they played them both. Now you're even more amazed. Um, But I was just listening to your post-show discussion, uh, and you you brought up this this, uh, job that the pastors have to do of of going into hospitals, and I've been uh, full-time pastoring now for about two years, and that entailed going to hospitals and doing visitations and things, and I'll never forget the first time uh, I went. It wasn't that big a deal because, you know, people were in for, oh, I got a broken collarbone or, oh, I had a, you know, some little tiny appendectomy or something, not a big deal. And But then uh, after a few months I was in and, and I, I got the uh, hospital list and it said, so-and-so is uh, battling cancer in such-and-such hospital, some room number, so I go and visit. And I, I stop at the nurse's station looking for so-and-so in room, whatever it was, and and she's, you know, her whole demeanor changes, she's right down the hall, and and so I look, and there's all these people in the room, like, oh, this is different, (laughs) and so I walk in, and there's this lady on the bed, just so obviously in her last moments. She's barely breathing. The entire family, and apparently this woman had a ton of, you know, brothers, sisters, children, the whole thing. And and uh, it was at that moment that I really, for the first time, felt impotent. You know, what do you say? You know, because you, you, you can't open with the what became what had become my standard. So how are they treating you here? That's how I started things because it seemed generic enough, you know, and. <laughs> But what do you say to, I mean, the woman couldn't hear me. She was she was gone. I mean, she she couldn't talk, couldn't respond in any way. I, I mean, I don't know if she could hear me or not, but but I've got this entire family of people just sobbing and lost and hopeless. And, you know, what do you say to them? And I, uh, I you know, I told them who I was and, Asked if there was anything we could do, and and uh, I prayed with them, and then I prayed with some of the family outside the room. I prayed specifically for uh, the woman that was dying. Like you know, uh, in my church we do the you know laying on hands. We're Baptists, though. So don't worry, we don't get crazy. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I remember That's leaving nice. there, and I just started crying, crying. Oh God, what, I was so pointless, and uh, why did you make me go there? It was so stupid. I mean, I didn't do anything. And um, this was like on a Tuesday. And that Sunday, uh, after our service, um, this man approached me that looked, he looked vaguely familiar to me. And he wanted to tell me how thankful he was that I had come by to visit because 
because of some stuff that I said, um, one of the, uh, I think he said a cousin or something, that was there, uh, that they had been, that the family had been praying for for a long time because they had sort of gotten out and gotten into sin and all that kind of thing, and said uh, the next day when the woman dies, she's like, can we go to church this weekend? And so now this cousin was at church, and that morning had actually accepted Christ. And so I sat there, and I was just kind of dumbfounded because what I realized was sometimes when you go to the hospitals, it's not about the person you're going to see necessarily. It's about the person whose life you're going to impact while you're going to see the person you're going to see. That's right. That's right. So, um, I don't know, just rambling, guys. Uh, but, you know, Cliff, be encouraged, man. If you ever got to go to a hospital run or something, you know, but DG's right. Just love on them. You don't have to fix anything. That's what I found out <laughs> kind of the hard way. But, you anyway, know, that's all I got. Guys, you're doing a, a great work, and I so appreciate uh, what you're doing here, and I'm going to go ahead and call it what it is. I appreciate your ministry. Yeah, I said it. All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. There's nothing wrong with saying that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, thank you and for, for that. Um, I, You know, I, I have this ability or have this disability, I guess I should say, of, of always feeling like I need to fix people's problems. It's it's the whole uh, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, where the guys want to pull out their toolbox and fix things. Exactly. It, yes, the whole situation where my wife wants to sit down and tell me about a an issue that's just really frustrating her, and I I hear her saying, you know, okay, now what should I do to 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 solve this? And that's not what she wants. She just wants me to listen. Right. And and so I mean, this whole idea of going to the hospital and 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 just to be there is it it's a, for some reason it seems foreign to me and it's like i should be there and it's like i i don't know i have these unrealistic expectations of myself <laughs> you get there and you're like okay i need a scalpel and i need <laughs> no doubt <laughs> i need a uh, holy spirit scalpel real quick i need uh <laughs> oh dear god give me the words to heal this person I, I, it's it's just crazy what you what i put myself through and so I, I'm thankful for his story and 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 for what you shared the other week there, at DG, about that. Just and uh, you know, I, I I guess it's important just to be there and just to be who you are and 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 just to trust that God will, you know, what I mean. Like he, I really like what he says. Like, listen, this guy came up and just wanted to say thank you. What something you said really made me get get to think is like and probably he had no idea that he had actually said anything or did anything right and and so and, and i realized that as how god seems to work so many different times yeah and it's and it is i mean the ministry of presence is powerful yeah you know if, if you really do know in your heart that you have a relationship with christ and the holy spirit is living within you then what's wrong with the presence of god you know like um i i, I say all the time so many christians need to just learn to shut up just shut up. Just sit and be in the presence of God. Right. And and the same thing can be said sometimes when you go visit people. Sometimes the best thing you can do is hold a hand and watch a TV show. Yeah. You know, in the middle of a hospital. It's I the most amazing times of of me feeling like I was the hands and feet of Christ was holding someone's hand and just watching a TV show and laughing with them the whole time. I mean, that's just it's awesome. 
Yep. So we have uh, two more callers here. And I want to encourage other Christians to go visit those people in the hospitals. Yeah. It is not the pastor's job to oh, do that. good point. It is the church's responsibility to love one another. And, you know, I, I can't even express that enough. I'm, and there's so many Christians, that most of them are older Christians, but there's a lot of older Christians that have the expectation of, if I'm in the hospital, the pastor better come see me. Mm-hmm. And it has to be the senior pastor. It can't be some staff person, some blah, 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 blah. And you could send the entire church there <laughs> and they wouldn't feel satisfied that the pastor was doing his or her job. And I have major issues with that. I mean, it needs to be the church making those visitations, the people loving the people, caring well, for the people. Well, heck, even this New Testament, clearly at the very start of the church, it's like, listen, we need to appoint some people to take care of the orphans and widows because we need to be about the work of preaching, exactly. which God has called us to do. I mean, right. we all have our different gifts, talents, and abilities. Okay. Be the community. Please be the community. Yeah. Instead of expecting the pastor or the preacher to do everything, please be the community. Anyway. Right. Very cool. Let's move on to this next caller. Hi, Clifford DG. This is Troy from downstate in Kentucky, and I'm simply calling to ask a question uh, that may be on other people's minds. You reference frequently the emerging church, and Cliff, in the past you've talked about the cell church movement. Are they connected? Are they related? What is each, and are they limited to uh, individual denominations like Methodist or you know Nazarene or you know the independent churches? Uh, just lots of questions connected to that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for doing the show. Well, Troy, thank you so much uh, for your question. And DG and I do use some terminology here, and we just throw it out. And anytime somebody hears us use a a word that just doesn't make sense, don't feel don't feel bad about calling and just say, "Hey, no, no, no. what are you guys talking about?" Now, the cell church. I'm not going to go into great detail here, but I am going to pull up. I'm going to go to GS or yeah, GSPN.TV. And I am going to do a search here for what is Cell Church. And I am going to wait for that to pull up. And I think it was episode number two of this podcast. Before DG was around, I did a podcast (laughs) called What is the Cell Church or What is a Cell Church? And uh, let's see here. It is episode number three. Okay. Episode Episode number three three of this podcast. And uh, to get that, you'll have to... um, do a search on the website. If you go to gspn.tv, there's a search box up on the top right-hand corner. As we're recording this, I'm experiencing some major technical difficulties with my web host. Uh, Going to be spending massive number of hours this week moving things over. But eventually, it will load up for you, I promise. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry it's happening. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, what is a ch- cell church? If you just type in what is and then cell church in the search box, it, it was the first thing that pulled up. And then, of course, you click on the title of that. It'll take you to where you can listen to that episode. Sure. And so they're, they're a very clear description of what the Cell Church is. But just but give a really simple A very si- a simple sum- summary of it is it's not, it's not particular to any one do- denomination. In fact, there are Catholic churches that are organized as a Cell Church. There are Methodist churches. There are Pentecostal churches. There are non-denominational churches. I mean, it, it, it's not limited to any one denomination. Um, the idea of a cell church is where um, the primary focus is on community, and the and and you may you may possibly have heard of the house church movement. Very similar, only it's even more microscopic than the house church. 
Whereas the house church basically says, you know, we're we're avoiding this this um, campus or this traditional church property, and we meet in each other's house or in a house. And then uh, house churches they oftentimes break into smaller groups in that same house. Whereas cell churches, um, the everybody's broken up into a small group of anywhere between three to fifteen people. And you meet in each other's homes, but it's it's several different houses throughout the community, and it's really dispersed. But then they come together once a week on average, most of them do, to corporately worship together. So basically you have small churches within the church, small groups of people, and the, the person who leads or the cell leader or the, the cell pastor or the whatever you call those folks who lead the cell facilitator, uh, basically just leads a Bible study description, a time of worship. There's usually a meal together. It, it's celebrating community, living life together in in community with one another as the church, with the purpose of the church. And in the cell church, uh, um, going along with what you said, in the cell church, the idea is that the pastor can only effectively minister to about as much as 12 to 15 men. Or, or individuals, I should say, and and that's, that's the that's the statistics that I, that that are out there. Exactly, yeah. and so so as far as shepherding that many of people, and so uh, then that basically those what? Sorry, this cheesy shepherding phrases just oh, crack me up. Okay, or uh, just, I, forgive like, me. I have major. Uh, no, no, no. I'm I'm not saying that. It's, it's not your fault. It just it seems cheesy to me. But I have actually major issues when the pastor says your shepherd. So uh-huh. and so in the end of a letter, I'm like, uh, that one's reserved for Jesus. Sorry, buddy, but that one's Jesus. All right. <laughs> anyway, keep going. So anyway, <laughs> the the thing is, is that the then basically, if in the event that somebody in a cell group in a cell group is in the hospital, the 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 vision of the cell church movement is not that the head pastor stops in and visits you. But it's the people within your community, within your small group, that comes to visit you, and it, and 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 at the very least, you're you're the facilitator of that group is kind of like you know the one who maybe spearheads some of the vision and 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 driving that that understanding of this is what it's called, what we're called to be as disciples, and and so I really enjoy that. the The other thing I really like about the cell church movement is that you know so many times in the traditional church there's so much emphasis and focus on Sunday morning and the sermon. Yeah. And that is in so many churches today seen as the front door of the church. This is, you know, invite your friends to to um uh visitor weekend because you know the whoever brings the most visitors, you know, is going to get free baseball tickets or whatever. It's like it's crazy stuff like that. But Anyway, the the whole understanding is that you know if we just bring invite, I'm going to invite my friend to church so that they can, you know, maybe hear who Jesus is and and stuff like that. Well, the emphasis in the cell group is that the weekend corporate gathering of the of of the people in the church is important, but it's equal importance and it has an equal focus on attending your weekly cell group meeting. And so, when it comes to resources in a cell church. Uh, just as much money and effort and energy is spent on the the weekly gatherings inside each other's homes as there is on the weekend. And as far as any other ministries within the church, none of, none of those ministries uh, in a pure cell church exist outside of people within cell groups leading them. 
And yeah. so there's like, there's on, a Wiki, lo- on Wikipedia it says a definition of a cell church is notably tricky, <laughs> which yes. you're you know you're you're definitely having issues with it. It says a church with cell groups is not necessarily a cell church. Right. It says a cell church must be composed of cell groups and centered around them. Yes. Around the cell groups, not among the huge guard, larger gathering. Exactly. Um, in cell churches, a cell leader, if any, is considered to be effectively a pastor or mentor within the church. Yes. And and the, you know, and I put an emphasis on the if any. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, that just kind of. And it, then of it, course they they the next thing they said was John Wesley used a form of cell group structure when he created class meetings uniformed. Exactly. The Methodist societies. And and if, if you want to, there's a more detailed explanation that I gave a long time ago, episode number three of About the Church. Cool. All right. Awesome. So emerging church. What the heck is the emerging church? Yeah, that's a great <laughs> that's a great question. Um I have I have issues with trying to explain this to other pastors, much less anybody else. So uh, that's a great question. Um well really quick, I think there's a difference between emergent and emerging. And I want to make sure there's a clarification between those two. But Emergent, you can find out more about Emergent at emergentvillage.com. Um, and they are, it is, they, I mean, they have a board and, and you know, they, they, you know, that's, so they have a board of directors and st- things like that. But their whole purpose was to say, we want to create a place of dialogue. Okay. This is a discussion. They never wanted to be a separate church. They didn't want to be a denomination. Nothing like that. They just wanted to be a, a discussion. And so the people that would be uh, uh, that would be under this emergent understanding would be um, a Doug Pageant and um, Brian McLaren, and you know, just these are all these. I don't know if you've even heard of these people or not, but I've heard Brian uh, McLaren, Tony Jones. I mean, the, if you just go to Emergent Village. Um, you can probably find out all kinds of different things, but they created these things called cohorts, which are like local regional kinds of things to where everyone can be able to come to these things and have discussions, have fruitful discussions uh, about what is church and things like that. Now these tend to be, these tend to have a tendency to be um, uh, deconstructionalists. So they want to deconstruct where the Bible came from or what the Bible is saying and go back to what really what was really, really the the basis of what kinds of stuff, or even how we're doing church? Let's deconstruct where worship came from and how it happened, and and uh, should we even be doing large buildings, you know, with an altar in the very front, whatever else? They just like to deconstruct stuff. That's probably where a lot of the discussion comes from, mm-hmm. which a lot of Christians take the offense to that. I mean, right. big time. They're like, why are you dare asking uh, to even question? Um, the the Apostles' Creed, you know, and things like that. So a lot of people think these people are completely heretics. Of course, everyone's a heretic. We've talked about that before. Um, and in, in someone's mind, you're a heretic. I guarantee it. But uh, but it's 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 that's that's basically emergent emergent village. And emergent village used to have a yearly kind of thing down in Santa Fe, New Mexico area. Uh, and they would all just come together, and they would have it was a it was a uh, a uh, would we go to a podcast Ohio an unconference? Yeah, they would have an unconference down there and stuff like that. But anyway, so that's emergent, emergent incorporated, like emergent. Okay. <laughs> An emergent so, village is the place to be able to find out more information. So, about that. so are those people a part of local churches as well, or are or do they consider that to be their their community or or their their connection to the kingdom? 
Probably both. I mean, okay. it is it's just wide, super wide open. I mean, okay. it, it, a lot of I'm probably the majority of them probably do go to a church somewhere else, mm-hmm. uh, like Doug Pageant. I mean, he's a pastor of a church. Brian McLaren's a pastor. Tony Jones helps out at Solomon's Porch, which is Doug Pageant's church. Uh, those are the big wigs within the emergent discussion. Gotcha. There was never an emergent church. Now there is something called the emerging church. And this is just, you know, once again, these are all labels that people are trying to describe a movement going on. They don't know exactly what it is or how it's happening, but they just need to come up with something to be able to put to put on there. And um, an emerging would just be anything that is is just that is emerging out of the current context of what we would call Christianity or Western Christianity or whatever else. And that's just changing the atmosphere um, and changing the paradigms, understandings of what is church. Should we be focused on church or should we be focused on kingdom and, and, you know, just all kinds of different stuff. And I think it might have been helped by the emergent people kind of just let's start this unique dialogue. Right. Um, but I think, I think postmodernism helped that. And they're really kind of just using this understanding of, Hey, we appreciate mystery. Um, and one bad thing is, is postmodernism does not believe there's any absolute truth. Uh, so therefore I can't trust anything. I can't trust anything. It's all basically sums around me. I'm the one who defines what is, what is true and what is not. And we were talking a little bit about that, uh, with a previous, um, email and voicemail, but, um, but anyway, I, I think all that kind of stuff kind of started this understanding, but then you actually get, you, you have other Christians that are intellectual and healthy. Um, and, and they, they start being a part of this dialogue. And so, like a lot of people would call what I'm doing with the waters uh, an emerging church, right? Um, well, and, I've heard you call a, it. That. Sure. Well, sure. I mean, you know, it's there's five billion different labels that people shove on there, and, and and that's the one that that I would probably say when I talk to people that call themselves emerging, mm-hmm. um, then I would probably fall into that into well, that area. Yeah, you know, the one thing that uh, you know maybe this will carry on into our next dis- discussion, but. Uh, you know, I, I would I would like to talk about uh, something that you and I are both experiencing, which is trying to do a our experience in trying to do a different kind of ministry, that whether it be cell ministry or whether it be emerging church ministry within the confines of a denomination or a traditional program based design church. Right. I think that's what our next topic should be. Sure. Because I because I, I would love to be able to share some of the 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 ceilings that I bumped my head on some some walls that kind of got erected and and some church splits that happened as a result and and what kind of led me down that road and and why I finally decided you know what I want out of the traditional church sure and uh, and then I can explain a, a whole new terminology the simple church and uh, of course I want to hear a little bit more about where you came from and and uh, what you're trying to do with with the waters. And, and, and I want to ask you questions like, uh, why, why are you the pastor of the waters, but yet you, uh, participate? I'm actually the cultural architect of the waters, not the pastor. Whatever. (laughs) So, but yet you and your wife are very active in the local traditional church very much. We're part of a denomination. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that I want to kind of talk about some of those things and, and stuff like that. I think that'd be great for our next one. Um, just so people know. Uh, last week's episode, you know, the second part of the discussion, it is currently right now in the feed. It was just released right before we started here. Okay. And so cool. that is that is this week's episode. So what we're recording today 
uh, for those of you who are hearing this via podcast, we recorded this last week. Right. Uh, because yesterday, DG was in the hospital. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I, I had I, I had the second hernia surgery. I need to lose weight, basically, and I can't lose weight until I get this stupid thing fixed. So um, I'm going to go in for, uh, or I just went in for uh, a hernia surgery, and they put the mesh in this time, which is just sewing me up. So apparently right. that's different. But yeah. Anyway, so D- DG is going to be reco- your prayers. is going to be recovering on next Wednesday when we would normally re- record this. So there is no live show for or I'm sorry Tuesday, uh, unless it, you want to do one. No, no, no. Okay. It, let, let's just uh, what we'll do is we'll, I'll release this next week. Okay. And so uh, in that way we'll continue to have a show weekly, and then we'll come back the week after. You should be healed up by then and ready to go. Or out maybe and play we some could just maybe maybe we could still do the chat. Because I will be in my house by that time. I'm not going to be in the... It's, it's, it's day surgery, so I'll, I'll be out of the place. Right. I just won't be able to drive or like go anywhere for like five or six days. So I can, I, you could probably do it, and I could even be on Skype if you really wanted to do it. We could still do it. Well, I'll tell you what. Let, let's, let's just take just one week off. Okay, all right. It, 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 so if you guys don't mind... It's what, technology. What, anything's yeah, possible I know sometimes. it's possible. Trust me. <laughs> But because uh, we have enough content to to put out there, that's cool. And that's and and I really don't want to over flood the the. I mean, we're putting out hour plus, so right, 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 right. So we're good to go. And cool. uh, if everybody will, of course, uh, in our live chat room, if you guys will be praying for DG during his surgery next week, and uh, we will be back very soon with another episode of About the Church. That's right. Alrighty. So, uh, dude, I, I totally feel like I should redo something with the uh, beginning of this show. <laughs> well, hey, give us uh, give us some email at feedback at gspn.tv, or you can give us a call at 859-795-4067. We'd love to, for you to give us a call and give us some feedback. That would be awesome. We do want your calls. So uh, DG has the number there. So anyway, uh, we'll be back very soon. And until next time, join the community. (laughs) What'd you say? I said, join the community. What's a plus membership? (laughs) Oh yeah, that'd be cool. (laughs) 